Hi, and welcome to Top in Tech. My name is Conan Darcy, and I'm delighted to be joined by Franck Tamar, who's based in GC's Brussels office. Today, we're going to be talking about fair share. Now, for those who are immediately put off by this example of EU policy jargon, it is, in fact, a fascinating, crunchy tech policy topic. Put simply, these policy proposals could see large tech companies forced to pay more to European telecoms operators. At its heart is the question of who should pay for Europe's 5G and fibre rollouts. A public consultation was published last week by the European Commission, and Franck is going to talk us through what that means for the sector, where this agenda is likely to be headed next. So Franck, thanks very much for joining us today. Before we get into the details of what was actually in the consultation, could you first explain what the fair share debate is about, but also explaining to listeners what that term fair share even means. So this issue of, of fair share has been, has been raised by major European telcos. So we believe that US streaming platform like Netflix that generate a lot of traffic online, they do not contribute to network investments. The main argument of telcos are that these streaming platforms are free riders. They, they generate value on top of telecom networks, but they don't contribute uh, to infrastructure investments. So at the same time, the European telcos, they claim that they are facing rising investment costs. So in short, the, the, the picture is quite gloomy right now for the telecom sector. They have like stagnating revenues and facing increased investment costs. So that's why the, the, the European telecom tried to frame this debate around fair share in Europe as a survival issue for them. In response to this uh, argument, streaming platform actually are arguing that they are already paying for telco networks for paid peering agreements. I think a lot of this takes us back to the some of the original assumptions there were around the internet and how it was expected that it would be the providers of networks who would be able to monetize and profit from the development of the internet. But what we've seen most obviously over the last decade is that while companies like say Orange or Telefonica, while they are large respectable companies in Europe, they haven't grown exponentially and successfully monetized the expansion in smartphones and in internet access, both in Europe, but also across the world. But what we have seen is that large US companies, large US platforms in particular, but also increasingly Chinese companies and Asian companies moving forwards have been successfully monetizing that fact. And there is a discrepancy there that is in the background to this debate. And clearly looking at examples that have happened in other sectors, such as in publishing and with newspapers, the telecom sector is looking to extract more revenue from the tech sector in order to deal with what Frank has just pointed out there around some of the, the rising costs for investment, particularly as we look to 5G and fiber rollouts. So Frank, that's the, that's the debate. What about the consultation and some of the details? I've seen headlines saying this is a tax on the tech sector. This is you know, a whole new way of extracting uh, a levy from these different companies. Is that accurate? Can you just talk us through what are the policy options that the Commission is looking at? 
basically there are two main uh, options. The first one is a direct contribution. The second one is an indirect contribution. Seems like quite straightforward. So if I'm st I'm, I start with the direct contribution, this would consist of mandatory mechanism whereby you will have direct payments from streaming platforms to finance uh, network rollouts. The second option is indirect contribution. In that case, streaming platform would pay a levy to finance a fund that could be managed either at EU or national level. And this fund then could be used to support network investment. So it's an indirect contribution to network investments. So the question now is, what is the most likely scenario between these two, two options? If you look at the center-left in the European Parliament, MEPs already supports an indirect contribution, so this kind of levy. But on this option, telcos, who are actually the main advocate for this contribution, they are likely to be divided on the creation of a national funds between incumbents and the new entrants, the new telcos. Because these national funds are likely to, to mostly benefit to incumbents in their national markets. Uh, and also this issue of indirect contributions of this levy, it's very, very much about taxation policy at EU level. So which means that unanimity rules apply, which make the adoption of a new levy very, very challenging because you need an agreement of all member states, which is very difficult. Um, by um, by nature, the direct contribution. So it's the mo most likely scenario. Uh, to some extent, this kind of direct contribution already exists, as I mentioned at the beginning. It's what we call paid peering agreements. So this this type of agreement already exists. Uh, it's often between a, a streaming platform such as Netflix and a telecom operator. So how it works? So since the traffic coming from Netflix towards the telecom provider is more important than the other way around. Obviously, a lot of traffic is generated by Netflix and is going to the telecom operator. So Netflix pays for this asymmetry of traffic between the telco and the content provider. And the commission actually could use this new initiative, this new mechanism to rebalance the bargaining power between telcos and Netflix when they are negotiating this peering agreement. Great. So what you're saying there, Frog, is actually, in many cases, some of these large streaming platforms who do generate a lot of traffic on telecoms networks are actually paying telecoms operators for this data demand and bandwidth that they are using. The question that comes here is whether they are paying as much as the telecoms operators and the European Commission believe they should be. To my original question, there's a couple of ways of, of doing this. So it is plausible that what the European Commission eventually proposes is some form of tax or levy, which then goes into a fund and is redistributed. But I think what you're saying is it's more likely and perhaps more pragmatic that the Commission replicates what I think you called the direct contribution, i.e. giving telecoms operators greater legal bargaining power with tech companies to get more revenue from these peer and arrangements that they already have. This is something that we've already seen in copyright, where the revised copyright directive empowered publishers 
to have greater negotiating leverage with large tech platforms who use links to their content. And we've seen similar debates in places like Australia, where there was a big controversy when Meta, um, I believe it was, threatened to exit the market due to similar proposals. So let's just, I think we've got there, Franck, you know, what's the debate? What are the proposals and the potential options? But we haven't gone into sufficient detail yet about who it might affect. So you have mentioned at different times streaming services. I think you referenced uh, Netflix. But is it is it that, that streaming services are the ones who are going to be impacted by these proposals? Or is it others? Is it gaming companies? Is it cloud hyperscalers? Is it video conference providers, like in the way that which we are talking now? Uh, or is it all of the above? On this first, we, we need to have in mind that actually the position of the European Commission on this issue is not pre-cooked. This initiative is it's a consultation. It's not a, a legislative proposal. The key objective of the consultation is to gather uh, stakeholder views and to, to inform the Commission thinking on this issue. So we are still at early stages uh, in the process. But that said, if you look at the consultation, the focus is clearly on streaming platforms. So the Commission in the consultation has developed a new concept, what they call large traffic generator. So we, which means that Commission could target the largest generators of traffic, so namely streaming platform. You just have to look at the figures. For example, figures, public figures uh, that, were, that were published by European telecom regulators. Uh, I will take the example of France. In France, you have like half of the traffic, of the incoming traffic, that is generated by only five companies, 50% of the traffic. So it's namely uh, Netflix, Google, Akamai, Facebook, and Amazon. And even with these five companies, you have 20% of incoming traffic in France, which is generated by only one company, so Netflix. So it's very striking and it's telling a lot about uh, the approach of the European Commission on this issue. Great. So we don't know for certain which types of companies it will impact. It, the definition could could vary. And obviously, if it ever becomes legislation, you have amendments from the European Parliament or from member states in the council, so it could change again. But our working assumption is that it's the big streamers, and by streamers, I guess we mean video streamers, but also some social media networks that are likely to be impacted by these proposals. But Frank, on that point, we're already well into 2023. We've got the European elections in May next year. We know the EU institutions close down by March next year. So it's a strange time for a new consultation to be published, given that the Commission will certainly change next year and there'll be great change in the European Parliament. So do you think that whatever comes out of this consultation and what policy recommendations we see, do you think they will be able to survive a change of commissioner? So yeah, it's it's true that the fate of this proposal is very much linked to the fate of his political sponsor, who is Thierry Breton, the Internal Market uh, Commissioner. So the proposal could live or, or die with uh, Breton. But there are still open questions. You know? we, we don't know whether Breton will stay or want to stay in the European Commission. If he wants to stay as a commissioner, he may keen to get a top job this time, so like commission presidency. Uh, there is another factor that is quite important in the coming uh, uh, month, is 
the coming European election in 2024. This election will shape the agenda of the next Commission. And we know that the centre-left and the centre-right in Europe is quite aligned on the need to check the interest of large US tech platforms and challenge their dominance. So this US tech clash will continue to do dominate the EU policymaking in the coming years. And this initiative, this fair share initiative, could be seen as the next episode in this agenda. So I think if we have people on the line who are working for companies who might be affected by these proposals, I think the basic conclusion we're coming to is that there's a big question mark about if they will ever go ahead. It's certainly the policy of the current European Commission that something in this space needs to be done, but it very, very much depends on the personalities of the next European Commission about whether those policy recommendations will move forward. And lots of moving parts there. It's Jerry Breton, what he wants to do, but also, you know, does Ursula von der Leyen want to be the next Commission president or not? And will she have support to continue? Lots of different factors that will shape whether this sees the light of day, but certainly an initiative worth engaging with at this point in time. So one other aspect here to bring in a sort of international sense to this debate, Frank, is that we know that the US administration has been frustrated about other EU legislative initiatives, the Digital Services Act, which targets so-called very large online platforms, i.e. large social media companies, search engines and uh, marketplaces, and the Digital Markets Act, which again will likely capture predominantly large American companies. Now, you talked about this concept earlier of the large traffic generators, I think you called it, and the top five companies you listed in France, I think they were all American, or at least four of them were. So is there a risk, again, that the US administration sees these proposals as unfairly targeting US companies? Actually, this initiative is really likely to reactivate tension with the US administration over, over tech regulation. The US administration will be concerned and will closely scrutinize the scope of any potential initiative, particularly after the adoption of the DMA, Digital Market Act, and the DSA, Digital Services Act. Uh, we are primarily targeted as the US big tech platforms. So there will be a sense of continuity in, uh, in, the, in this debate. And the, the US administration will make sure that the approach from the European Commission will not be discriminatory towards uh, US companies. Yeah, I, I would imagine that this will be one of the issues which the US will be keen to talk to in the context of the EU-US Transatlantic Trade and Tech Council, where both sides have their concerns. So let's just finalize here, Franck, on a very practical matter. What's the timetable? What are the next steps that listeners need to look out for as this debate unfolds? So on the next steps, so stakeholders are invited to, to submit their contribution to the, to the consultation until the 19th of May. And then the Commission will analyze the answer of the summer, and this could lead to a policy recommendation after the summer break. Worth noting that the institutional timing is quite favorable for making progress during the second half of the year, because the Spanish government uh, will take over the Council presidency in July uh, this year. And Spain is, a, is known as a very strong supporter of this contribution mechanism. 
So this means that this issue will remain high on the agenda of uh, the institution over the course of this, of this year, in particular during the second semester. Yes, you could certainly imagine the Spanish government pushing for there to be council conclusions endorsing some of the policy options which have been discussed in this consultation. And for those of you on the line who aren't sure what council conclusions are, they're essentially an agreed statement between the 27 different EU countries about different policy issues and uh, policy steps to take forward. So look, Frog, thank you very much uh, for taking us through both the political debates, but also the policy detail of what is set to become a very, very contentious point in the EU's tech policy landscape. And for those on the line, thanks again uh, for joining us. As always, if you, your business or your investment are exposed to some of the discussions and some of the debates that we've talked about today, so around fair share, telecoms investment, but levies being applied on tech companies, you can find our contact details and for other GC colleagues at www.global-council.com or via the link in the podcast notes. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you.